You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly, episode 18, brought to you by White Sox Nation and Wegern Enterprises. I am John Suarez, joined with you, as always, by my co-host, Tony Marchese. Tony, how you doing today, man? John, I am doing fucking fantastic, and why is that? Because we're on top of the world over here at Shy Sox Weekly headquarters, Tony. Michael Kopech, sound the alarms, sound the alarms. Sound the damn alarms. Michael Kopech is a Chicago White Sox. He will be starting today. The day this podcast drops will be Michael Kopech Day. If the podcast doesn't drop today, then yesterday was Michael Kopech Day. But It's dropping today. It's dropping today. Let's do it, baby. Michael Kopech Day. We got a lot that we want to get to you today. We did not record an episode last week. Um, Tony was on a little bit of a vacation. It was a summer vacation. And then also... um, I just kind of had a busy week and a pretty shitty week at work, and I just didn't feel like recording. So we were going to try and record it over the weekend. Saturday would have probably been our main day to be able to do that. It did not work out, and why are we so glad that that did not work out, Tony? Because Michael Kopech got called up to the Chicago White Sox. That is true. And it would have just been a fucking waste of time just sitting there recording a whole episode with like the biggest news of the year happening the day that the episode dropped. I honestly would have been bitter, so I'm glad it didn't happen. And I actually was at the game on Saturday, and that's why we did not record. Um, I was sitting front row, uh, humble brag right there, uh, sitting front row with my family. Uh, I did get the hookup. I want to give a quick little shout-out over to Cherizi and the 108 hooking me up with some shirts. Beef Loaf was there. Uh, I got to introduce my son to the 108ers, so that was pretty cool. Um, my kids had a great time at the game. The Sox unfortunately lost. Uh, but the seats were absolutely awesome, sitting there right off the first base side. Uh, my family actually did make it up onto the video board uh, towards the end of the game, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, not something that happens all the time, but uh, it was my kids' birthdays this week, so shout out to my kids. They had a great week getting to sit front row at a Sox game. My son got to uh, high-five Southpaw a few times, always good uh, seeing the kids getting to have some fun with the mascot. It was Tim Anderson bobblehead day, and that's why we were there. My son's favorite player, Tim Anderson, he got the bobblehead. All was good. We went home happy despite the outcome. And then Sunday, probably the most exciting day for White Sox fans, uh, getting to see Michael Kopech called up and a comeback White Sox win. And if you weren't at the game, you got to experience what many are calling was the best called game. Easily. By Hawk Harrelson and Paul Canerco. So, the comeback, like the comeback, I dude, that that game will go down in history. Yeah, that was it was a very very good game for the White Sox. Uh, John, I didn't get to catch much of the game. I was out and about. Uh, like I said, it was my uh, my my kids' birthdays this week. Sunday was actually my my daughter's birthday. Uh, we were out doing some stuff with her. And I didn't get to see it. I did record uh, the game, though. I haven't gone back and watched it, but uh, I've I've heard enough of the clips. Uh, Paul Canerco needs to join a broadcast booth somewhere. He sounded like a natural. Oh, absolutely. Some of his he sounded like a natural. 
Paulie is literally my favorite baseball player of all time. That's going to take some time for that to change. I love Paul Canerco. And it's not even just for the fact of like the World Series year and the many good years that he spent as a Chicago White Sox. It is literally the way he embodied the game, in my opinion. Like He was just the grinder, rules, hard-nosed, blue-collar baseball guy. And I fucking love you, Paul Canerco. Well, you know what? This was actually brought up uh, on the radio earlier today. Uh, during that game, uh, Hawk told Pauly that he is going to go to Cooperstown. Uh, and they started to debate this on the radio. And real quick, before we get on to anything else, John, do you think Paul Canerco is a Hall of Famer? I don't think that his accolades and his career numbers will be enough to put him in Cooperstown. Um. I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I just think, like, the criteria that they've kind of been basing off, like, what has gotten people into the Hall, I don't think he really fits the mold. I want to say Paulie only made four, maybe five all-star teams. He wasn't a consistent all-star. But a lot of that was also to do with the fact that you're playing with David Ortiz, you know, Miguel Cabrera, you got all The first base landscape MVP. was a lot was, different back then. It was then. tough. It was tough. It was hard. Victor Martinez, you know, it would have been hard for Pauly to be consistently the guy. And I, that wasn't even really, like, he wasn't, a, he wasn't like a superstar superstar. He was just our superstar. He was the best player on a team with a lot of very good players that made us. He's a White Sox mediocre. Hall of Famer. He's, He's a, a White Sox Hall of Famer. You know, if there's a guy that probably deserves it based on effort and grit and and great stats, but not, you know, superstar stats, Paul Canerco's probably that guy. Uh, Unfortunately, I I do have to agree with you. I don't think – I think he's kind of there, but he's not all the way there. Uh, So, unfortunately, I I do have to agree with that. Would have liked to see him, you know, go down into the Hall of Fame, but uh, I, I do tend to agree with that. Now, uh, John, we've got a guest tonight, and I smell something cooking in the oven. What you got cooking over there? I was actually about to bring that up for the guest, but I do want to touch on my favorite Paul Canerco memory, and I hope you can share one with me as well, excluding the Grand Slam from the World Series, because obviously that's everybody's favorite Paul moment. Do you remember when Paul Canerco got hit in the face? I don't remember the exact pitcher. It was against the Twins. It was in, like, 2007, 2008. And he was bleeding, you know, it was bad, and he wanted to stay in the game. He does stay in the game, and he comes up the first pitch of his next at-bat, he hits a fucking dinger. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That moment alone should get that man into the Hall of Fame. I'm All pretty right. sure, wasn't it, wasn't it the helmet that caught him on that play? He started bleeding, or was it actually the ball? I'm going to have to go back and look at that replay, but I do remember a bloodied face Paul Canary. Yeah, it was the helmet, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do remember that. My, my favorite Paul Canerco moment was actually him flipping me a baseball. Um, I still have that in my basement. Uh, awesome. Kind of a kind of a not really exciting play for anybody else besides myself, uh, but definitely my favorite Paul Canerco moment. Oh, yeah. All right, so, yeah, like you said, we do have a guest this week for you all. I already got my first burp. Wow, that's early on in the night. I apologize for that. The guest that we are having on this week is going to be Clinton Cole. He is our reoccurring guest, it seems. Um, Clinton does run the uh, Future Sox podcast. You know, he does a lot of stuff over for Future Sox. 
and he does great coverage for the White Sox minor league system. He's a great Twitter follow, so we love to have him on every time. I mean, it's the perfect time to have him on would be with Kopech coming up. He's the perfect guy to profile Kopech. Absolutely. So we're going to get into that with him. We're excited to do that. But like Tony had mentioned, um, we are eating some... We are eating some pizza tonight, people. Yes, we are. We're not just drinking beer. We're all eating some pizza. So I actually have four minutes and 12 seconds on my rising um, crust, stuffed crust DiGiorno pizza that I got cooking, and I'm excited, man. Good. I, uh, I've i got a little leftover Giordano's from last night. Not frozen, but there is a DiGiorno ready, ready for backup uh, after I kill this off. Let's go ahead and get Clinton on and figure out what he's eating and figure out what he's got to say about Kopech. Let's do it. All right. All right, everybody. We're going to have Clinton Cole from Future Socks on again. Clinton, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. We haven't talked for, what is this? Let me look at my phone. Today is August 20th. We probably It's been probably two months, I'd say, at least, right? It's been a while. Because, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't engaged before, and so that happened at the end of June. So it's been two months. Also, uh, Lauren and I got two puppies, and they're both here at my house right now. So if you hear barking, that's what that is. Oh, well, I'm good new now. additions. New additions, huh? Clinton is living the life over these last couple months over here, huh? What kind of dogs you get? Um, they're two little huskies. Oh, they're probably adorable. Oh, why don't man. we see them on Twitter ever? Huh? I said, why don't we ever see them on Twitter? They are. The, I'm shielding them from social media. <laughs> that honestly might be a smart play. Now, do they have do they have White Sox names? No, I have nothing, no, none of the sort. She named her yeah. Lion, and, um, well, her, she has a four-year-old son, and he named it Lion because it looks like a lion. And mine is named Sasha because I literally have no idea what else to name him. My last two dogs that I had were girls, and I'm pretty sure you can figure out why. Rose and Penny, so I'm out of name. <laughs> but I didn't have any. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on the, uh, on the engagement. Thank you. We we, we kind of had a we kind of had a sneaky feeling after the last time we recorded that uh, there there was going to be some some sort of development in, in that area, and uh, we're glad to hear that uh, you got that taken care of. Yeah, it went really well. Um, she's a teacher; she's starting school this week, so things are kind of hectic. But she's a she's a good teacher, and things are going well. Happy to be with her. Good, good, good. Well, Clinton. Uh, well, there's obviously uh, one thing that we definitely want to talk about tonight, and that would be Michael Kopech getting the call to the show. Uh, Clinton, you got to spend a lot of time watching Michael Kopech uh, in AAA Charlotte this year. Uh, we, we touched on it, uh, I think, both times that we had you on, but uh, what are your thoughts on the timing of this call-up for him? It's so weird. I don't know what it is. So tomorrow is August 21st. And I, I don't under, I mean, whatever. He should have been up months ago, but 
I don't know. I'm just glad it's happening this year. I didn't really want to wait till next year. There's literally nothing else he could have proven in Charlotte. I think I went to, I went to, I would say four, maybe five Kobeck starts. And then Lauren and I went to a game down there and we saw him as well. So I, I probably saw half a dozen Kobeck starts this, this summer. And I mean, it's just, he's, he's really, he's really, really good. And I know we're going to do predictions uh, a little bit later, but I just, I don't know if he's, he's got what it, it takes. I've said, this, I've told you guys this before. He doesn't just have the, the physical tools, the physical skills, but he has it, you know, between the years he's got, I mean, he's had some, some things go on in the past, you know, the last his, his, uh, off the field stuff, but, on the field stuff, man, he he's got it uh, right between the ears, and I think he's he's grown up a lot this year. It seems like, and uh, I'm just I'm excited to see him play tomorrow. Although I'll tell you what, I have softball at seven thirty and eight thirty Eastern time, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do about this. <laughs> you might have to be a DVR guy, watch it like uh, Jimmy might Fallon and Fever like, Pitch. Yeah, I might have to do that, or I might have to just wear my headphones in the field. <laughs> <laughs> speaking oh, of God. yeah, speaking of fever pitch, we still haven't checked in with uh, with My Sox Summer and and figured out if he's watched that movie. Yet. John, have you have you followed oh, yeah. up on that? I haven't, and he'll probably even. I honestly, he'll probably get salty for us bringing it up because I doubt he's gonna watch it, and we've given him plenty of shit for it, and he's probably just over it at this point. <laughs> I haven't seen. It. You haven't seen Fever Pitch either. No, is that the one? He's a Red Sox uh, fan, and he's a season ticket yeah, holder. His Jimmy uncle Fallon? like got him. Yeah, yeah it's Fallon. the Jimmy Fallon. His uncle got him into it. With, I'm thinking of the one of them him playing in the Cape League. What was that? Jimmy Fallon. No, no, you're thinking Jimmy of Fallon. Trouble with the Curve with Justin Timberlake. No, no, no. no. It's an older movie. Older. I think like Freddie Prince Jr.'s in it or something. I don't know. Oh God, I don't even know what you're talking about. We're gonna have to do a little. We're gonna have to do a little off-air research on what that. Are you talking about the one with the the monkey? The monkey? Ed? Ed? No. (laughs) No idea what you're talking about. There's so many baseball movies out there. What Summer Catch? You're talking about Summer Catch. Summer Catch yeah, is a exactly. 2001 romantic comedy film directed by Mike Tolan, starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica yep, Biel. Got it. Jessica Biel? Ooh, might have to check that one out. I didn't. I didn't actually watch the whole movie. I was on TV the other day, or maybe a month ago. I don't really know. But I thought that's what you're talking about. No, I have not seen Fever Pitch, or yeah, Fever Pitch at all. So. Well, you right. both have. You now both yeah. have homework. John's yeah, that might be a reoccurring question that we just ask all of our listeners. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a. Red, I mean, it's a Red Sox movie. It's not really like I'm not trying to promote the like Red Sox love in the movie. I'm really just trying to promote that it's just a good movie. Yeah, baseball. I mean, for a ba- for a baseball fan, baseball, I think that's yeah. a it's a good movie. I mean, and if we you were take... kind of given the what it, what it, where it all started was my Sox summer from Section 108 said that he had never seen it, and we were kind of giving him shit because. It's a movie about a group of guys that own season tickets and go to the Red Sox games. So, like, how could you not watch that if you're the like the same form but a White Sox? Well, he's game. got like the Yankees toilet paper that he wipes his ass with and stuff like oh, that. Okay. I mean, it's just a good it's a good baseball movie. John, I think you should run a live poll um, and I'm see like, how many. Yeah, have you seen Fever Pitch? I'll do can, it right you, now. can you get that poll up right now? 
We're going to get it going, and then we're going to definitely get, like, a tweet at us from the 108, like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> yeah, well, they'll figure it out when they listen to this. But anyway, uh, we were talking about Michael Kopech, speaking of the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> you know, one of his starts is actually going to line up uh, with his former team. It looks like his third start of the year is going to come against them. I'm actually kind of excited to see that a little bit more than the debut against the Twins. Uh, I know we're going to get in, like you said, to predictions a little bit later, but um, I'm hoping it actually lines up on September 1st because I have tickets to that game as well. Um, that is the uh, the Budweiser onesie giveaway day. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see if that happens, and and maybe we'll get an Eli call up on that day too. But uh, Clinton, uh, after watching Michael Kopech, uh, probably more than anybody has live uh, this year that listens I to would, this. I, yeah, I, I would say. Honestly, I would say between myself, obviously people that work at Charlotte, uh, and Jonathan Lee from uh, I don't I don't remember what he works with, Sox on Thirty Fifth maybe I don't know, but um, I mean out of I would say we've seen Kopech more than anyone else in the country. You know what I mean? I mean yep. most people are sitting at home and watching a different story, but I mean in person, uh, there's anyone else that's been there other than us. So no, who do you now? Who do you count? Yeah, who do you compare him to is there a is there a major league pitcher maybe right now or, or from the past that you would that you would offer a comp uh to michael kopech i know dylan sees is getting comp to justin verlander um i think that jeez i didn't man kopech that. oh you didn't uh yeah i mean Cease is that's kind of his well he's been lights out i just i hadn't heard that comp before oh yeah yeah absolutely uh kopech is i mean who throws? He tries to throw right like side. Nolan Ryan. That's what the E60 was about. Was that's who he looked yeah. up to? He's from Texas. He wants that his form was like Nolan Ryan's in high school until they kind of tweaked it when he got to the major league level. And that's it who doesn't he's look striving like that. to be. No, it doesn't look like that anymore. But like that's who he's striving to be. That's why he um, wears 34 and all that. I got a little side note for you. So when ESPN people were down there recording. You know, I was down there taking pictures and stuff in my normal spots. And they made me move, like, three different times. And I didn't even get to be on the documentary. I should have been for having to be moved. What? I don't know. It was a good good little documentary. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but... Really I actually didn't get to catch it. Well, no, the thing was, is they literally aired it, and Kopech got called up an hour after it finished. It was ridiculous. That's very, very strange. Very, very strange, strange, right? Yeah, like, I... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? Know. It makes you really kind of think. <laughs> makes me want to go crack another beer and go cut that pizza up. What do you say? Uh, I think you should. No. I'll let you I two ramble on about Kopech. Um, uh, I was, here's what I was doing. You know that Kopech's scheduled to start the 31st, right? Yeah, I know. So I'm hoping for maybe like a little bit of a rain out day. <laughs> oh, well, good luck with that. <laughs> Something that'll just jostle the schedule a little bit. Get me that that start on the first. Well, good luck with that. Um, it'll be interesting. So tomorrow, I mean, he plays the Twins tomorrow. And Giolito, we're sitting here at the top of the ninth inning. Giolito pitched like 100,000 pitches and made it through, what, six innings or something? Yep. But he only gave up three runs. Um, there's no reason that Kopech shouldn't shouldn't have a quality start tomorrow. I mean, do you guys, do you guys agree? I don't, I mean, 
So, I mean, a little part of me, in the back of my mind, I mean, obviously I want to see him succeed. I want to see him go, you know, eight innings, maybe even a complete game and just shut the Twins out completely. I think that would be just electric. It would be, you know, the the perfect storm of, of you know, Kopech coming up, dominating. I mean, this whole week in White Sox baseball has been about him. Uh, I personally, for some reason, just because I like to play, you know, the devil, uh, I, I want to see what the fan base would do if he didn't come up and be lights out. I mean, we've seen this with Moncada a little bit. Uh, people jumping ship already on him. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see what it would be like in that first start where he doesn't dominate. And to me, it would almost be better for him to come out and have a mediocre outing on day one and build up rather than go lights out game one and then hit a rough patch and skid through two or three starts. Not to say that he will, he will, or, you know, he will hit a rough patch at the end of this year. I mean, he's pitching lights out in AAA uh, right now over the last seven starts. Obviously, that's been talked about enough. But, you know, at, at some point, he's going to hit a little bit of a rough skid like he did in the middle of this year. I think a lot of that was attributed to him working on the changeup. But uh, at some point, we're, we're going to have to test test the waters uh, on what it would be like for him to face, you know, somebody who – is going to knock him around a little bit. I think that might come with the Red Sox. So, I mean, we'll see. Prediction-wise, I still think he, like you said, he's going to be, he's going to have a quality start tomorrow. Um, he's probably going to go six or seven. Probably, you know, somewhere between six and eight strikeouts. Uh, maybe give up about three, four hits. Uh, I'd say maybe a run or two. Uh, but I don't foresee him having that bad outing. Although I would like to see how how the fans, how the team, how everybody would react in the situation because I, I, I just fear this complete Twitter meltdown. Uh, and I think it would actually kind of be comical to watch. I mean, I, if there's one person that I'm not worried about, it's Michael Kopech. I think, like you said, he has that drive. He he just has it between the ears um, to recover from something like that. Uh, I want to see him have a bad outing and then come string – you know, six, seven quality starts together and just kind of shut people up right from the get-go. I don't know if John's back. I just want to cut in. I am back, but I downed two pieces of pizza in that time. All right, let me me pause the uh, Kopech talk for a second. So a couple days ago, I had a stuffed crust three-meat pizza from DiGiorno. There it is. It's so good. And um, I burnt it. But um, it was still very, very good. And if you're doing the cheese by itself, I think you're doing it wrong, aren't you? Okay, so bit of background. I got John, you, pop- John, you ran – hold on, time out again from everybody. John, you ran the Have You Seen Fever pitch from your personal Twitter account. Um, Wasn't that what not, I was supposed to do? Uh, I thought you were supposed I to voted. run it from, from the Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, account, but you could re- retweet it. Go ahead and retweet it. All right, back to back to Clinton talking about the uh, the the meat pizza. Okay, so I mean, I'm, you guys, I'm I'm Mike Golicking hard right now. I'm eating while I'm talking to you. So the only reason I grabbed the five cheese is because the other day I grabbed the uh, pepperoni stuffed crust when we were supposed to record the first time and we didn't, so I ate it anyways. 
Um, that thing was so fucking greasy that by like the fourth piece, I was so over the pizza. I was just trying to eat the crust. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. Well, I literally you, was starting it, like, crust. I was starting crust to front, and that says something about the pizza. Okay, well, if you burn it like I do, it's not as greasy. I feel you. You burn the grease right up. Yeah, exactly. So is is burning the frozen pizza a crime, or is it actually like a thing? Is it no, yeah, because yeah. I don't know about you guys, but you can – if you undercook a frozen pizza, I, I, I don't know. Trash. I would rather have crunch. I would much rather have that crunch than the doughy, gooey crap. I don't know about you guys, but that's how I feel. So, I like my pizza al dente. So there was there was a night uh, a few weeks ago where we were supposed to record together. You got stuck with work. Uh, John and I also did frozen pizza on that night because now it's now it's a thing for for Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, we actually we did pretty frozen much... pizza in Fortnite, and we might do frozen pizza in Fortnite Fridays here in the future. We're gonna we're gonna hash that out. So yeah, we'll talk about Fortnite later. But uh, I burnt the hell out of the frozen pizza. Um, it was black on the top, and it was actually one of the most enjoyable frozen pizzas that I've had in in quite a while. Um, I don't know if my my kids felt that way, uh, but I certainly did, and I was happy with it. So now when I cook the frozen pizzas, I leave it in a little bit longer. I put it on the broil, and I just burn the cheese Ooh. right on the top. And then you broil it. Yes, I put it on broil. I, cu- I cook it. Until about 20, 24 minutes. Guy. And then I broil the top. So it just burns the top and not the bottom. And you get like this encased frozen pizza. It's fantastic. Are you making a souffle? Yes, kind of. What's this guy doing? I don't even know what a souffle is, but I, 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 like, I apparently am making one. I like uh, I like Clinton's reaction when you said that you were broiling. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> well, here's, here's what happened. I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna tell you the truth. So, in this apartment, I have, I don't know, some crap oven thing. I mean, I don't, I don't live in the on the streets, but I mean, it's, it's not, okay. It's not a bad apartment. Let me let me start over. But the oven is like some weird brand, and so I was. This was this was like when I moved in, like uh, maybe a year ago, and I was cooking for for Lauren. Or, I don't remember if I was cooking for Lauren for myself. Whatever happened. I meant to turn the oven off, and I turned it the wrong way, and I turned it to broil, and just, I left it on all day, and uh, I'm just, I'm just glad that the uh, house burned down, so that's what oh, oh, that's not even that, bad. We should run another poll on Twitter. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Is that a what the Have hell you are ever you doing moment? Is that, that a what is. in the hell are you doing? Yep, hit it. What in the hell are you doing? What in the hell are you doing? Okay, he hit it. Okay, the thing is, is that's a Twitter poll that we should actually run, is have you left your oven on either overnight or all day? Because I have, for sure. I don't know. Like, I'm guilty as charged, dude. You make the frozen pizza, especially if you're drunk and you make a frozen pizza, sometimes you forget to turn that knob, man. It happens. I was so, completely sober. And even if you're sober, sometimes you forget to turn that knob or you turn the knob the wrong way. Life comes at you fast. So uh, I also yeah so I also have I also have a puppy. Uh he's going actually on a year now and his new thing is he likes to turn the burners on on the stove. Um what? Yes. 
Uh, I've got I've got uh, a one year old boxer, and uh, if if you're familiar with boxers, they like to jump up and use their use their hands. Uh, he can he can actually turn the burner on, and actually light the burner, not just like the gas. Like I'm talking like light the burner. Um, so we had we had a pizza up there, uh, probably about a week ago, and he actually lit the burner with the cardboard pizza box on top. Uh, so that almost started a fire, uh, but luckily enough, my my son my son caught it uh, just in time to let me know that uh, he had he had turned the burner on. But this is a frequent occurrence in, in my house. He thinks he can cook, uh, but he can't. So uh, he now uh, is no longer allowed in the kitchen uh, without somebody else with him. Well, <clears throat> these these pups, um, they just. Pee and poop everywhere. That's about it. Yeah, I've got that problem too. Yeah, I've got that problem yeah. too. The, can't you get those like um, the child locks for the burners on your oven? There's like little knobs that you gotta like. I probably could. I probably could. I probably should invest in those. Um, but back to the peeing and pooping thing. So my my one year old, uh, his name is Duncan. Um, I have never met a dog that pees as much as Duncan does. Um, he saves it to pee more later, I think, because I'll bring him out, he'll pee, it it looks like, you know, more than a normal dog should pee, and then he'll go to the bathroom, he'll, he'll do his business, and then he'll pee again, and then if you bring him in, he pees again all over the house. I, I'm not sure what dog pisses outside two or three times, and then still has more to save for my carpet. Um, so we're working on that. Uh, that's what I spent the last week of my vacation doing is, is spending my time outside with him on a leash, uh, teaching him that he needs to finish all of his urination before we come back inside. I don't, I I don't, I mean, okay. We tried to go on a walk today for the first time. These, these, the pups are 10 weeks old now. Um, so I mean, they're, they're still very young. I try, I put them on a leash. I bought a Purdue collar for my dog. And I got a Walmart car for the other one. And they just sat there. So I don't, all dogs are different. I, I, I don't know. They're brother and sister. They just, they, they terrorize things. They, they gang up on people in the streets. And I don't know. They're just, so why, John, John, are you a dog guy? Sorry, he's taking no, a bathroom break. No, he's um, not. No, he's not. No, don't you even dare. I haven't peed once yet, and I'm honestly proud of myself. I was going to bring that up. I went to grab a beer because you were talking about dogs. I don't I don't have a dog. I have a dog. My mom has a dog. I don't live with my mom. So I have like a family dog, but I don't own a dog, no. So why do, why do people subject themselves to having all this, you know, Cleaning up after you know this animal that just pisses and shits all over your house for the first year. I'm trying to figure that out uh, myself. I never grew up with dogs. My wife did. Um, love my it's dogs. Always, it's always the females, just, dude. Like no, the, I've, got the, like the I've got no, two males. I've got two males. No, I'm say, I'm not the dogs. The females oh, the female gets getting the, dog. the dogs. Yeah. yeah, the females are like every female out there is so animal obsessed. And I mean, like, not even to sound sexist because that was super sexist, but like. 
every situation that I've ever been in, when it comes to like getting an animal, it's always been like my mom's influence. So like, that's not, another. Me and my brother aren't like, oh yeah, let's go get a turtle or like whatever. Like it's always my mom wanting to get some sort of pet. So that just brings me to the question, uh, Clinton, was this your idea to get the dog, or did Lauren want the dog, or dogs plural? Uh, so here's what happened. She wanted to get the dog for Lincoln, her son. I was like, all right, cool. So then we went to go get the dog. And they had, I mean, this, the woman had, you know, like three or four of them. And so we got her dog, Lion. And then I was like, I should get a dog too so I can play. I was like, no. Nah. Then we like, agreed that no, I shouldn't. So the next day I went back and got the other one. So um, right now, I mean, Sasha lives with me, obviously, and Lion lives with her. But um, she was sick last week, so I took uh, – it's just lying for her, so she – I mean, she was sick. Lincoln was sick, so, you know, it was uh, – she had enough to worry about. <laughs> she needed to take care of a puppy as well, so I'm puppy-sitting. And, you know, they love it. They, you know, they run around and play with each other, so it's good. And it'll be good, you know, uh, once we move in together, you know, to have them together and grow up together, and, you know, it'll be fun. Oh, my goodness. A poll just popped up on Twitter on my timeline while I was scrolling to see the fever pitch results, and this is a question that I need to ask you too. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh my god! I guess that's kind of a weird way to ask it. Can can you eat pineapple on pizza? Would be my way to to ask it. No. Really? You never had a Hawaiian pizza? I think it's disgusting. What a joke. Okay. How about you, Tom? So we did promise the listeners about 20 minutes of pizza talk, so this is going to fill that time. Uh, you know, I, I have done the pineapple. I'm a pretty big pineapple guy. I'm going to say no to the pineapple on the pizza, but buffalo chicken pizza, fantastic. Yeah. Buffalo chicken pizza is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I normally order a small one. I normally order a small one. Aside from the normal pie that I'm getting, double pie guy. I, hey, I'm feeding my, the family my go-to, over here. Well, I, that's fine, but you shouldn't subject anyone to pineapple on their pizza. Well, um, I, I'm not ordering the pineapple. It sounds like John's ordering the pineapple. I'm not ordering the pineapple by choice. If I'm at a party and there's fucking Hawaiian pizza there, I might, I might nibble. Don't worry about me. I would eat before you go next time. <laughs> All right, let's, <laughs> let's your option. Let's bring it back over to the uh to the Michael Kopeck talk a little bit here. Uh and actually before we get to that, right now we're sitting in the ninth inning and, and VR looks like he's about to close it out unless he uh unless he gives up a single here. He's about to walk this guy. Nope, that ball's through the middle and that's gonna be eight to five. Uh so let's bring it back to the Michael Kopeck stuff. Um Clint, uh, in your conversations that you've had with with Kopech, now what what do you think sets him apart from anybody who's currently on the White Sox staff outside of just the the mentality? Uh, is there anything else that you you find about him that that he just has that sets him apart? Uh his stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you just that. I mean. Carlos I mean, Rodon throws he, – he can get up there in the upper 90s if he really wanted to. Um, but 
he doesn't, you know, what what is Rodon sitting? 95 usually? That kind yeah, of where... he's not touching the upper 90s. He's like a 94, 95 guy. Right, but I mean, I guarantee you if he wanted to hit 99, he could. But Kopech sits 97, 98. It's, it's, a, it's a difference. Um, now, obviously, Rodon's a much more polished pitcher than, than Kopech, uh, but... And then Ronaldo Lopez is, is up right too. But I guess the repertoire of pitches, I guess, that he has, you're going to see his, his breaking ball. I mean, people that have, haven't – there's probably going to be quite a few people listening to this podcast and Sox fans in general that haven't seen Michael Kopech pitch. And, you know, they've, they've maybe seen some highlights or, you know, this or that. There's going to be – you know, I would, uh, what do you guys think? Maybe three-quarters of the people – at U.S. or Guaranteed Rate Field tomorrow and watching on TV that haven't seen a complete Michael Kopech start? I mean, would you guys agree? 75% well, at least. You you bring up a good, interesting point here. Um, and, and something that I have somewhat forgotten about. Um, during the game the other day, uh, they actually ran those in-game polls, you know, the, the NBC Sports Chicago poll. And I'm going to actually try and find it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but it was the poll question was: is who is the most important person in the White Sox or in, in the White Sox system to their rotation in the future? And the I think the the entries were Kopech, uh, Rodon, Lopez, and Giolito. And I don't know if either of you saw it, but do you want take a, take a stab at who the voters picked as the most important piece to the future of the White Sox rotation? They probably picked Kopech, right? What'd you say? You said Kopech, Rodon, Cease, and Giolito? No, Kopech, Rodon, Lopez, and Giolito. Did they pick Lopez? They picked Lopez. Like, by a landslide. And that's just because that's what they're seeing. No well, like some I, people I, don't even know who Michael Kopech is. Exactly. So outside of the people who we interact with on a day-to-day basis on White Sox Twitter, there is a whole land of White Sox fans who don't even follow the minor leagues, who don't, you know, get involved with the prospects. I mean, you see some of these people on Twitter who complain about how bad the Sox are right now and how you know how this team is so terrible and we traded away all our good players and and they don't take the they don't take the extra time to go and look and see what's going on in the minor leagues they don't follow future socks maybe some of these people don't even have a twitter they're just going online and voting for this thing and the only thing that they've ever watched as far as the white Sox are concerned is white Sox games they're not paying for MILBTV subscriptions to watch these players you know play in the minor leagues they're not following the rebuild as closely as uh, you know guys that guys like us are. So when they when they get that poll, they don't even know. Like you said, they don't even know who Michael Kopech is. They don't they don't know who Dylan Cease is. They they don't know who any of these guys are. And they look at somebody like Lopez. At you know they've followed this year, and they see Lopez have you know good stuff and and some outstanding games, and they pick him. Like Clinton said, there's there's going to be a good portion of White Sox fans out there who have no clue, you know, what Michael Kopech is all about, and you know, hopefully he's here to make a name for himself right away, and I think he's got the potential to do so. 
<clears throat> I'll tell you this, guys. Um, I've got a couple. Most, I'd say nine out of nine out of every ten of my friends are Cubs fans. Um, I've got sorry. two two of my my yeah right two of my friends that are Sox fans uh, refuse to care about spring training and refuse to care about the minor leagues because they just don't care because none of that matters to them until they finally come up to the Sox. So I think not not only just the casual fan, but even actual fans, I bet there's a lot more people like that as well. So maybe my 75% is probably a little low. Maybe eight out of 10 people. I would say 80%. They just haven't seen him pitch. That's kind of, it's like, whose job is it to get those guys to follow the way that maybe not we follow, but like the way that kind of the people that are fans of us follow, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a really good question because, and I, I would assume that this is the same for most fan bases. You have your, your diehard fans, you have the people who are getting involved and doing the research and, you know, like actual real, like hardcore baseball fans who just enjoy, you know, watching the development and all that stuff. But if you think back, John, I'm sure maybe five, ten years ago, were you following minor league baseball as closely as you are today? God, no. So, (laughs) you know, I would would venture to guess that Cubs fans, Astros fans, you know, maybe Royals fans, teams that have gone through a rebuild – probably have more knowledgeable fans as far as the development of players and what's going on in their minor league system because it actually forces you to care about what's going on down there versus a team like the White Sox where, let's let's face it, we've never really done this any time in recent history where we've completely just blown the team apart and grabbed a bunch of top 100 minor league you know rated prospects and all this talent and watch them actually grow and develop. It just hasn't been a White Sox thing. So for White Sox fans, yeah, I don't blame them for only caring about what they put on the major league field. I mean, there, there's been <clears throat> there's been the you know a few Sox prospects here and there over the last what ten years and stuff. You know, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I think you know Jared Mitchell comes to mind, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> You know, Courtney Hawkins, um, Joe Borchard, even even further back. Uh, there's guys like that that have just. I think I think you could name you could name more prospects from right now than you can name in the past 15 years for White Sox. I think that have that have an actual legit chance. When I think of and, White Sox prospects from back then, I think of like Blackjack McDowell and Frank Thomas, <laughs> like. In terms of like, I mean, obviously you get like Gordon Beckham and like, go to, yeah, go to the late guys, 90s but, like, through prospects yeah, go to the late that 90s they hit on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there's not many. <laughs> who, who here remembers Brett Morell? Oh God, yeah, of course. And Connor Gillespie. Third, like, how could you forget? Third baseman. Yeah. Uh, who am I thinking of? Third baseman. Um, uh, not Joe Creedy, obviously, because he's Herbert Perry. Of all time. Not Herbert Perry. Um. <laughs> I don't even know, but I just turned on the athletics game. Chris Davis is on about 9,000 feet. The athletics are quite a story, but that's for another show. Um, so I, I'm trying to think who that third baseman was. I, I don't even know. It doesn't really matter. But like, I like exactly my point. Who Josh knows Fields? who it was? Uh, no, he was – Jeff Leifer. Might have been Fields. No. I think it was probably Josh, Josh Fields. Probably Josh Fields. I don't know. Well, he was the quarterback at Oklahoma State too. 
Um, but that, but that's the point. Uh, yo, you know, no wait, sorry, yeah. that the inner shy sock shiner just came out. I just dropped a yo. Um, you know what I found out that I never knew, and I don't know if you guys found this out either. Daniel Palka played in the McDonald's All American Basketball Game in 2010. He did not. Yes, he did. Look it up. Look it up right now. He created MV- that Wikipedia page. You're lying. No, I'm not. This was talked about by Jason Benetti during the game the other day. I must have missed it. Wait, so he didn't actually play? So, well, this is up for debate now because it was talked about on the game the other day that somebody – he was in an interview and I guess he lied to – well, at least this is what he told Benetti was that he told some of his teammates that he was a basketball player. And that he played in the McDonald's All-American game and told them to look it up. And while they were looking it up, he went to Wikipedia and edited the Wikipedia page himself <laughs> to add him his own name to the roster of the McDonald's All-American game. And he was joking that it's still there now because nobody's edited it out. There's a whole article about it on the Tribune by my guy, Teddy Greenstein. And you are not lying right now. And the title of it says White Sox Slugger Daniel Palka's Tall Tale of Basketball Greatness. I was I thought he played in it. Holy shit, that's so funny. I watched the MLB Network did an interview with him and they like brought it up with him. And I don't know. I that's hilarious that he did that. So Clint, off air we were talking a little bit about Palka. Um do you want to share with our listeners what you thought about him when you got to watch a few of his at-bats over in uh, in Charlotte? Yeah, so uh, Matt Cassidy, editor-in-chief of Future Sox, came down to uh, North Carolina in April, and we took in a Kannapolis uh, Dash and Knights game together. And we were watching BP in uh, Charlotte, and we were, you know, we're both sitting there thinking, watching Palka, and it's like, um, by the way, Chris Davis hit that one 440 feet. Uh, anyways, so we were sitting there watching uh, BP, and it was like, and Palka, he was just smashing the ball, just just crushing it. The only player on the thing, and we're sitting there like, this is the only guy on this team that is going to have a shot. You know, I mean, Charlie Tilson was there, and uh, I mean, just whatever, just just some guys, but Paul, he's the only guy <clears throat> that we thought could make a difference. And sure enough, he's got more home runs than Lancata. And I think he have more than Tim Anderson too. Uh, I I, I, I'd have to look up the stats here, but I know he, he's up there on the team right now for, you know, close to most home runs. I think I mean, he had he, 18 or something last I checked already. Right. And he so hasn't even played a full season. Four, right? He's a 2020 guy. Abreu is the only one with more. I mean, Davidson hit his 18th tonight, I guess. But um, so I guess they're, they're right there. But anyways, so he's 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 come out and he's done what that is. And also, for my money, I'll take Palka over Kyle Schwarber. What do you guys think? Absolutely, that's hands down. Schwarber yeah, I... died after the All Star game. I don't yeah. watch the Cubs. I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, Pelka. Pelka's at 18 right now. Um, I'm I'm grabbing a quick stat check here on on Jose Abreu. Uh, it looks like Abreu is currently at 22. So he's only four off of Jose Abreu 
Uh, he's played, obviously, uh, quite a few less games than, than Jose has. Um, so you got to like that. Yeah, he's Pelka's only appeared in 89 games uh, to Jose Abreu, who has appeared in 121. Uh, so with that with that pace, he, he is obviously a clear shot for the leader in home runs on the White Sox. That's incredible. So, I mean, there's now let me let me ask you this, Clinton, because we we actually talked about this on the first podcast where that that you appeared on. Uh, we talked about who in the outfield could stick around, uh, and and we had brought up Nicky Delmonico, <laughs> and you asked us the question: uh, Do we really want Nicky Delmonico uh, on a competing White Sox team? Uh, how do you feel? Do do we want Daniel Pelk on a competing White Sox team? I know we sure don't want Nicky Delmonico. Um, Hey, at that walk-up, uh, or not the walk-up. I mean, he can be okay. He had like he had what two home runs the other day. I don't know. He had, he's had one good game. Well, that was that was actually funny because that was right after uh, Josh Nelson from Sox Machine uh, sent a tweet out that said something along the lines of, "I don't see the value that Nicky Delmonico brings to this team," and then Delmonico pretty much like single-handedly won the game. Uh, so I found that funny. That, just a little side note there, but. Uh, Kind of the the same thing that I that I had going with Carson Fulmer earlier this year. Uh, speaking of him, we'll touch on him in a little bit because I want your take on Carson Fulmer. If you've seen anything out of him, but uh, go ahead. He, he told me something off the record, but I want to I want to make it on the record, but I don't because he'll probably listen to this and he'll yell at me. But anyways, um, Carson Fulmer. You think Carson Fulmer listens to this? No, he's talking about Josh. Oh, would, oh Josh. No, no, I'm talking about Carson Fulmer. No. Oh, you were. We're. We were down in Charlotte, and it was when he got moved to the bullpen. And I asked him something. We were just—he was just standing in the dugout, and I was, you know, out, before the game, just I was just asking him a question. And I was like, off the record, he's like, "Yeah, don't tell anyone." So I, I guess I can't really say anything. But oh, it's you're definitely telling stuff. us anyway. when we're done recording. Yeah. Oh, he's about—he's about, he's about um, to drop it right now. <laughs> yeah. I actually was, then I figured I probably shouldn't. Um, okay, so yeah, you what might I have think to. We'll talk Right now, uh, he needs to be on. I mean, you've got to have that bat off the bench or dispel, you know, a fourth or fifth outfielder. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. How how can you not have him on a team like that? Well, he's actually um, his pinch hit numbers are ridiculous. Right, exactly. There's something to say about a clutch hitter like him, though. Like you know, like the pinch hit numbers, the the big late in the like late innings home runs, stuff like that. The guy's a winner. He's a winner. Speaking of winners, I'll tell you what's not a winner is winning. Stupid MLB TV is frozen, so that's not a winner. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like you got to have him around. That is Zavala. I don't. Is he even still playing? I haven't heard anything about him for a month. I feel like he hit his first Triple um, A home run like a week or so ago. I feel like falling off the table. Yeah, I think he's kind oh. of falling off the table a little bit, but he's dealt with some injuries this year. And it, it seemed like we had a chance to maybe not see him this year, but oh, maybe we had plenty of chances like a, to see him. But he, well, yeah, especially with the Wellington Castillo, but Omar Narvaez. So I talked been, about that last when 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 uh, Beef Loaf was on and asked us that question, like who's your under the radar player to stick with the White Sox? And Omar Narvaez has done nothing but prove me right on that deal so far. I want to go back and correct myself also for that. I said Omar Narvaez, quote-unquote, is young as fuck. He's actually 27 years old, so he is not, quote-unquote, young as fuck. Uh, excuse me. Sebi Zavala, 33 games, Jack, 12 we'll runs, take that 13 
275 OBP. <laughs> He's in uh, a 275 OBP? That's not so, going to get it done. Charles. So let's just say that the Sebi Zavala train has broken down at this point in time. Just like completely <laughs> – it's like the Metra right now. Uh, just broken down, mechanical failure. Um, somebody's trying to get it back together. We're not quite sure if they're competent enough to get the train back running again. Uh, this train might be delayed for an undisclosed amount of time. He had <clears throat> four of his last five games. He has gone over. Damn. That's not good. But he does have 10 hits in his last 10 games. I don't know. It just seems like <clears throat> he hasn't done anything for a while. And we Collins is still in Birmingham? I guess, yeah. Uh. Are we worried so they've about Sebi uh, no, but I, I mean, know. I mean, we're just looking is, at box scores. The Sox have called up Garneau. They've called up Austin. They've got Narvaez now, and Castillo's coming up. Like, what? What? Are, what are we doing here? Like, what's? What? Why is? Why is Austin and Garneau playing? Or why are they? I mean, he had a up? good game. He had he the Garneau era was fun. <clears throat> Kevin Smith too. I mean, you've got so many, so many just. Mediocre, not even serviceable, really, catchers. No, I just I don't know. It's a, oh, the other thing is, Yerman uh, Mercedes here in Winston. He's hitting 300 this year, and he has 13 home runs, and he's driven like 65. Nobody's said a word about him, and he just he's he had two walk off hits in the doubleheader yesterday. Just yeah, two walk offs in the same. Uh, yeah, I'm, so. I'm gonna say the only yeah. time I've ever heard his name is when you mention it on Twitter. Exactly. Nah, I heard, or well, I heard him one time before because Eloy Jimenez like put him in one of his live videos on Instagram, and I had to look <laughs> him up. I was like, "Who is this dude? <laughs> he looks so big. He's huge, dude." He's, oh my god, he's huge! The coaches make fun of him all the time. They tell him to go run and leave. <laughs> he do. You know what his build reminds me of, Tony? You're he not going to say like, it, are he, you? He looks like fucking Diane Viciato, dude. There it is. Diane Viciato. <laughs> who, you know what, John? And I've been meaning to bring you, this you up on a podcast. You didn't bring it up. You didn't. I've been meaning to bring it up on the podcast. So I've actually low-key been trying to follow Diane Viciato's Japan career. Um, now to the point where every morning when I wake up, I get the alerts of the score of the Dragons games. Uh, because Google tracks my every movement on the internet. Um, so every morning, and now it's now it's filled up my Google feed. I'll take a screenshot of it at some point. Um, I get all of the Japan baseball scores first thing in the morning because they play their games at like 2 a.m. And I like wake up to like the the recaps of all of the, the Dragons games and I get the standings and all this other stuff. Like first thing in the morning, it's right there in my face. So, I mean, if anybody wants to talk Japan baseball, uh, I'm pretty in tune with what's going on there because I now have no choice uh, unless I, you know, actually take this two seconds to click uh, don't show me this again. Uh, but I kind of like it because the one of the first things I actually check in the morning is to see how many hits Diane Viciato had last night. I'm, I'm not lying. It's like my, like, you know, second thing I do when I wake up after I shut off my alarm is see how many hits Diane Viciato had last night. And then I text John. John, can you confirm for people that I do text you and tell you how many hits Diane Viciato had last night? This dude hits me up the other day, and he's like, 
Vicieto is two for four with the digger and a double last night. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do you even know that? Like, who cares? Dude, Tony and mine's text thread could be its own podcast. Oh yeah, we we should we should probably screenshot some of these and and share them out to people. But yeah, I I filled John in on what Diane Viciedo does every day, um, for the most part, it, it, mainly on the days that he he kills it. But uh, he's over there having himself a hell of a, a season for the Dragons. Uh, big big Diane Viciedo okay, guy. Okay, you keep calling him the Dragons. Can you try and at least give me one attempt at the pronunciation of what town or city they're from? Like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's, I I believe it's the Tunichai Dragons. The Tunichai Dragons. Tunichai Dragons. Have you have you guys watched how intense the fans get over there? Dude, so I'm a huge barstool sports guy, and one of my favorite, like actually my favorite barstool sports thing that they do is uh, his name's Donnie Does, and he does like he goes to the Shanghai Sharks games and like talks shit to all the Chinese people. It's honestly they're, they're the funniest videos ever. Go look them up. It's just Donnie Does Shanghai Sharks. He's like Stefan Marbury plays for like the one of the other teams, and he's like I don't know the videos he makes are quality, dude. And he goes to. Uh, he goes to a Manny Ramirez. Look it up. It's called Japani Ramirez, the video. It's funny as shit, dude. So, yeah, I've seen, like, a little bit of Japan baseball specifically from that video, but it looks intense. They got, like – it looks like a college football game, dude. They got, like, the chance. They're doing, oh, like, yeah. the, oh, it's, it's, oh, oh. Like, it's very involved. It's very involved. Um, I, I just wish American baseball might, might get like that. So, uh, yesterday uh, – Vicieto had uh, he was uh, three for five, uh, didn't knock in any runs, and they oh they gosh. fell to the uh, Yoma Uri Giants by the score of uh, it just went away. But uh, yeah, they lost. But uh, Diane crushes it over there, and he's playing first base uh, too. He's playing first base now. I'll tell you who's gonna play first base is Eloy Jimenez. He is going to play first base because White Sox have way too many outfielders. So I don't know. I could see that happening. I just so, changed the subject on you, but I just so no. It. Actually, that's a that's a good segue into something that uh, Josh Nelson actually brought up when he was here, and we kind of did a little play with the lineup for 2020, and uh, that's that's where he had Eloy Jimenez, and I I'm actually a firm believer that 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 works because at that point in time. You would assume that Abreu is probably gone, um, and you're right that that outfield is just completely stacked, and especially if you've got guys like Daniel Palka just sticking around for some reason. If he continues to hit like that, um, that's a logical spot for Eloy Jimenez. And and bringing Eloy Jimenez up, Clint, uh, do you? foresee a September call-up for him, or do you think that he is more or less uh, bound for AAA through at least April of next year? I'd, I'd, I'd really like to hear your take on that one. I, I how, Who knows? Like what? Who, who had August 21st in the Michael Kopech call-up? Like, that makes no sense. So, no, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Tuesday, end of August. That's exactly how we saw it going. That's, yeah, John, yeah, right. John saw that for, you know, he he, pretty much predicted that from day one. No pause. I want to give Tony shit because the last podcast that we had, 
I was like, yeah, well, you're going to see them both up by September, speaking of Jimenez and Kopech. And he's like, are we really, though, John? Like, are we really? And then, like, a week later, we see one of the two. Leary Garcia gets hurt today. Probably going to be out for the foreseeable future after just coming off the DL. Well, Definitely going to see both no, of them. No, you're going to see next. you're gonna see Ryan Lamar again. Yeah, for now. No, Cor- bringing Cordell up, please. Yeah, actually, you know what? No, I'm 100% with that. Cordell's been tearing it up, dude. I've low-key been following the Knights and whatnot over the last couple weeks, and Cordell's been killing it. He had a, he had he was, a he was, play on the top ten like a week ago. He was a legit. He was actually a legit prospect. Not, I mean, okay, he wasn't. Like I'm gonna let you two Rutherford talk Cordell himself. for a minute. I, I don't know much about him, but I do know going into the season that he was like a legit. You know, a guy to keep your eye on. He wasn't Blake Rutherford. He was he a Brewers the top thirty guy. I think he was like their twelfth <clears> prospect <throat> when we got him. Right, but. I mean, like, what I'm saying was he wasn't a big name that people think of when they think of Sox Rebuild. But he was a guy that that was supposed to be in Charlotte quickly and that was going to be, like, one of the first guys up to see what we could do. So, I don't know. That's kind of why I want to see what he – that's why I want to see what he can do because who knows what you're going to have with him. You know what you have with everybody else. Like, we had this discussion the other day when they called up Garcia. Like, wh- what do we need to see Garcia? I don't care. DFAM, I'm done with him. I don't care. I, I don't care. And let Cordell play. I'd rather Charlie Tilson play it again. I know Adam Engel robbed 15 home runs last week or whatever. But I was so I, mad about that. I was yeah, so because mad he, needs about to stop, he needs to he stop. He needs to stop doing, doing something things. that'll keep him on the fucking roster, dude. I even exactly. said it at the end of one of our episodes like three or four weeks ago. I was like, yeah, Adam Engel needs to just quit hitting above the Mendoza line because we need to see him go ASAP. And then he just well, and then he just keeps he tears it up for a week, and then he goes back cold, and yeah, he'll, so he'll right. foul out on an O two count bunting. I gotta tell you guys something. Um, I'm just I'm running all over these prospects. Uh, I, I I introduced myself to Madrigal on uh, yesterday, or what is it? Yeah, but yesterday, and I am I'm maybe five seven and a half, maybe. I'm taller than Madrigal. Oh god! And he had cleats. I'm not like I'm not joking. Are you worried about <laughs> so, Madrigal? No, no, no. I don't. I, I didn't realize he was that short. I, it doesn't really matter. But I'm, I'm not tall, and I, I, I knew he was short, but I didn't know he was that short. It was just funny because he, uh, first of all, he's got the quickest hands I've ever seen at second base. He is just. Both hands are, are ridiculous. He turned a double play. He, even on just plays at first, like he gets it and he gets rid of it. Um, have you guys seen him hit yet? Have you guys seen like how he, he that uh, hit? leg kick? Oh my god! What it's like he looks like a dog taking a piss. It is unbelievable how high he lifts his leg. He's I don't know. He's he's something. He's gonna keep his keep your eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if. What do you guys think? He'll be up next summer. I, I was actually. I mean, the way people are question. saying it, it sounds like he might be. I was going to ask you that question. We had you on for the draft recap, and uh, I I wasn't too high on him. I don't think you were. Clean, and I know John really loved that pick. I uh, did because I was a college. Then World the guy just doesn't. The guy just goes and doesn't strike out. So I was going to ask you, Clinton, your take, uh, and, and you follow this minor league stuff a lot 
closer than we do. Um, you know, where do you, where do you see him starting the year next year? I I don't I don't think Double A. Well, because where's he at right now? He's at Winston. He's at Winston. Yeah, I don't right? think I don't think Double A is far fetched to put him on the Eloy plan for next year. I would. You know, it's funny to, to say a thing about this right now. I don't think there's anyone else that has seen more White Sox minor league baseball than myself. <laughs> But I mean, honestly, like you gotta drop the humble brag in front of it. Well, yeah. But I mean, Canapolis. I mean, I haven't seen Birmingham, but Canapolis, Winston, and Charlotte. Like I, I don't really know. It. it I, I literally just thought about this. Uh, Jonathan Lee, like Jonathan Lee and myself. Like, if you want to know about minor leagues for the White Sox, I mean, that's it. I mean, other than the broadcast, but but a dash broadcast is not going to go to Canapolis and watch games. You know what I'm saying? So, I, like a, a mixture of all of them. Um, I think that I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I just uh, I've got just thought popped in my head, and that was all she wrote. What are you What are you talking about? Where is he going to play next year? Where's he where, going to start his, the year yet? Yeah, where, yeah, where he's going to start? Uh, where should he start, or where will he start? He should start in AAA, but he's not going to. He'll probably start in Birmingham. He'll be up to, to AAA, I'd say, probably by June, and then maybe be a September call up. So we got into this on an earlier show. Is he going to play second base for the White Sox? Uh, yeah, probably. If you just I, said I, defensively as the quickest hands you've ever seen, I would prefer to see him there. Yeah, I, I would think so. And then... I mean, I haven't seen Mankata at third since he was a red on the Red Sox, but I mean that sounds. I, like I think that's where he goes, option. and then Anderson sticks it short. Um, but then you got Jake Berger. What does Jake Berger do? And is he? Let's let's talk about Bryce Bush, who's not far behind. I think it actually eclipses Jake Berger with the with the injuries. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Another guy to watch is is uh, you know Luis Cabello or Cabello or whatever you want to call him. He's out in Canapolis right now. I mean, there's there's other guys that are that people don't know about that are they're going to start pushing the Jake Burgers of the world, um, the in terms of the middle inf- or infield spots. There, there's just a bunch of guys. It's it's really really great to see right now because there's so many guys. We haven't even talked about Luis Robert, Luis Gonzalez, those two guys that are wins right now that have just. The Lou crew. Well, so they talk yeah, about exactly. we we talk about waves of prospects, and uh, they say that we're in wave two right now. So wave one was Lopez, Moncada, Giolito coming up. Wave two is your Eloy, Kopech. Um, I don't know really who else you'd consider in there. Would have been Dave Dunning. Would have been, been Alec Dane. Hansen. Like, well, both both of those guys probably would injuries. have been Zach Birdie. Like, so, it sucks. So dude. who did, it sucks who, to see this shit? What's 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 the next wave? Is that is that Robert the, and Madrigal? I think the next wave. I think the next wave is Arms. I think it's it's Ian Hamilton. It's Zach Birdie. Um, it's uh, it's Dylan Cease. It, it's those guys that are, that are coming up next. I don't think. I don't, I don't think there's any more position players that are going to make this team out of spring training. I, I don't. I mean, who who, is, who would it be? 
I mean, your outfield guys aren't ready. Well, I mean, you could, consi- and, and, you could consider Eloy Jimenez if he makes the team out of spring training well, to be I, like the next. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about. That. He's going to make the team. I mean, he'll be there this year. So, outside of him, who? There, what are the other? I mean, Zach Collins is he going to make the team out of spring training? Nah. Not if he's still no, in Double A right now, with like you said, Selby Zavala right. hitting two seventy five. I don't. He has I don't an OBP so. of two seventy five. So I honestly think that the the players that are making the team out of spring training are pitchers. Your Hamilton, your your um, Stevens, Stevens, Spencer Adams, uh, those types of guys. I think so. That- like they've been cut. They like I heard a lot about Jordan Stevens and a lot about Spencer Adams last year and a lot about Dane Dunning and all these guys. Obviously, Dane Dunning's hurt. Jordan Guerrero, like Jordan Guerrero. Yeah. Well, I actually have kind middle, of followed Guerrero's you know, somewhat fall off. All you, all I really get is like I follow the Barons, I follow, um, you know, I follow the Voyagers, I follow the Intimidator, I follow every single minor league team's Twitter. So all I really get is like their recaps. Of like the stats. I don't right. follow these guys like you do. Can you tell me a little bit about like what Jordan Stevens has done this year? And like like you said, Spencer Adams, some guys that we might not be hearing as much about as we kind of were this time last year. I think Spencer Adams, uh, he's younger than like all of these guys. But I, I think his strikeouts have gone down a lot and his walks have gone up. That's not a good thing in AAA. Um, but he's really young. Jordan Stevens, a uh, guy I interviewed him, um, a guy that he he deserves a chance. I mean, these are guys that they're going to get their chances. Um, I don't know if he's going to be. They're going to be anything more than a Tyler Danish type type of deal, you know. But they're going to get their chances, and they're going to have their chance. They're going to they're going to have a chance to make the team out of spring training next year. The, that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. The next wave, in my opinion, isn't going to be the position players. The following wave after this next wave will be those position players. Uh, I think it's your Stevens, your Adams, your your Zach Birdie, who's you know who's I guess pitching now and is going to be in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, those guys and your Ian Hamilton, who's just he he can I think he can be a mainstay in the, in the Sox bullpen. Um, another guy I've, we've talked about I've talked about with you guys I've talked about I saw him in Canapolis and is Tyler Johnson. That kid's going to be. He's going to be in the Sox bullpen sooner rather than later. He told me that they're fast-tracking him to the bullpen. So, I mean, the next wave, in my opinion, is the arms. But not but not the Dunning-Cease arms, Hanson arms. I think those will, those might not be until, you know, May, June next year. So you kind of said something interesting about how, like, there are, like, some arms that might make the team out of spring training opposed to hitters. You're not going to see Miguel Gonzalez. We brought this up last week. You're not going to see Miguel Gonzalez. You're obviously not going to see James Shields next year. Do you think, I mean, because that would leave Rodon, Kopech, Lopez, and Giolito. If Giolito sticks in the rotation at the start of next year, he's kind of got some things he has to figure out, in my opinion. But do you think that, like, one of those guys fills that sort of fifth spot in the rotation? Or do you think that they go out and get, like, a free agent guy, like, kind of just to fill the spot like they did with Miguel Gonzalez this year, sign him to, like, a one-year contract and just kind of fill the void for, like, the following year? Think about if they go out and get Patrick Corbin. So you've got Rodon, Corbin, uh, Kopech, um, uh, Giolito, and, and Lopez. That rotation, that's a playoff rotation. I mean, if those, if you're, if Giolito and Lopez figure it out, that's a playoff rotation right there. 
I mean, you've got those arms. We're not even talking about the socks about this. You've got that, and I, I, I think they could do that. Now, I don't know if they have an offensive lineup going out next year at the beginning of the year, uh, but I don't well, know. Well, if you, if, if, you if you add Eloy into that lineup and say you got another year of, of Moncada development, uh, you've got Abreu. If Avi continues to hit, if he's healthy, I think Avi's a key being healthy next year. Uh, you had Eloy in there, like I said. Uh, Narvaez, you've got Wellington Castillo back next year and his steroids. That should help. I, I, I guys, I, I don't trust that one. I have to score five runs next year. Like that's you're you're gonna bank on Castillo and Narvaez and you have Avi for a full season and. I don't know. You're going to have to throw Ingle out there at some point, so that's a walking out. So, I mean, you just got... The way I, we were supposed to be set up was we were supposed to be able to go out and try and sign that like big marquee free agent. The way the rebuild was set up at this point last year... Yeah, this year, was the, supposed to be... Yeah, this was supposed to be This was supposed to be... Something. like We were supposed to be big spenders this offseason, and I think that kind of got pushed back to next offseason. You're not going to see us pursue Machado it? or Harper. I mean, I Are think... Sure? I'm not a positive. No, you no. can't be sure. You can't be I'm sure. Not I wasn't sure no, about seeing Kopech this week, and here I he was a hundred percent positive about seeing him before the end of the year, and you weren't. And just like he's hundred percent positive about seeing him, and as I still am, we're gonna see him. Um, I don't know. I mean, you got if they money, think they the can money spending's a whole another. That's a whole other aspect of it, and I just don't feel like I think they're gonna like you just said that lineup's not gonna put together five years. You think they're gonna look at it and be like, what can we add to this? Right now, spend a ton of money and make it so that they score Why five not? runs. Why not? Why not take the chance? Watch the free agent market kind of do the same thing that it did last year. Granted, because there's bigger take, names. Granted, there's bigger names. That, no, but you you take a chance on that that good player who's still around come end of January, and you give him a two year gap deal with an option, and you go for it. Look at the AL Central right now. Look at how crappy and Every other team is, besides maybe Cleveland, who's, I would say, on their way down. Why not take a chance? Put, you know, put something together that's worth watching. Why do you, Why do we need another top five draft pick next year? We don't. I don't think, I mean, I don't, Harper and Machado are going to get. I'm years. not saying going after Harper or Machado. Go after Charlie, somebody Charlie like, Blackman would be the main well, guy. Well, Blackman, it, un, unfortunately, Blackman did uh, re-up his Sign deal in Colorado. Yeah, uh, he was the he was the one guy that I really wanted. And then um, you gotta you gotta flip it and go AJ Pollock because I'm pretty sure he's available next year as well. Yeah, he is, but he's also an injury concern. So we're just we're just naming more outfielders. To exactly. Yeah, in. and like and exactly. So like. What, they're, like you said, they're not going to go get Machado or Harper. Then who are they going to get to put them over the top that's not going to clog a certain player in their minor league system's pathway to the majors? Can't go get a third You're, baseman for five years. Here's the thing, here's the thing you go, John. Mike. You don't – even if you sign a guy who's a known asset that blocks a prospect, that prospect can still be traded. If you go and get somebody who's – a sure bet to hit around 300 and drive in 80 to 100 runs. Are you going to take that over a Luis Basabe who you don't know what the development's going to be? I mean, what would you rather have? Something that's, you know, a, a safer bet or something that, that might hit and have a little bit higher of a ceiling but also has a higher risk? 
I mean, this is all about you know risk management here. What are you actually more comfortable with if you're trying to compete? Because I'm taking the guy 100% of the time who's proven it over a prospect. I am too, but go look at the pool and tell me what you're going to grab to piece together to make us contenders by this time next year. That isn't Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. Josh Donaldson. That would be such a White Sox move. That would be super White Sox. And honestly, I was even talking about it the other day with one of my buddies. I could so see Josh Donaldson on the White Sox next year. He's hurt right now, though, isn't he? Uh, I'm just I'm, looking at free agents. I'm pretty sure he's hurt right now, and he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks. So they're gonna try a Garrett Richards rehab project. Let's uh, not do that. Cooper fix Michael Brantley project. Michael Brantley, they would have to wait like another two years to pull the trigger on Michael Brantley. That would be super White Sox, just when he's super. Uh, hey, why don't we go grab that? Victor Martinez and just? Oh God. And just keep him so he doesn't hurt us every time we play Detroit. I saw a picture of Curtis Granderson the other day on the Blue Jays lineup. He looks like he's 45 years old now. Yeah. Um, free agents. Um, That's a Chicago. No, but seriously, what about what about Dallas Keuchel? And we talked. I talked about that uh, recently. I just don't see the Sox spending the type of money on a guy like Keuchel that Keuchel's going to want when he's kind of. I know, he's had a declining. down year. Yeah, he's declining. Ever since this, I mean, even last year, towards the end of the year, he was declining to the point where the Astros didn't even really want to use him in that World Series. Hey, what about Gio Gonzalez? I'm, I'm also just looking at, at free air. That's like a, that's like a, eh. The White Sox are, may spend X amount of money. I just personally, in my own opinion, don't think that they're going to spend the amount of money that I thought they were going to spend this offseason. I don't know. You look at, at 2020 and, and what do you have in 2020? There's, I mean, there's, or 19. There's just not, I, I don't know. They just, there's, they've got so many prospects. I think they're not going to need, they're not going to need to do a bunch. Honestly, I hope they do it like the Cubs. They make one or two off, one or two acquisitions. You get your Ben Zobrist. You get your Rolls Chapman. You get a couple pieces like that. And everything else is, is homegrown, basically. So that would be nice. The other avenue that we haven't really even discussed is some of these guys are obviously tradable. And just because there's nobody on the free agent market doesn't mean that they can't go out there and get somebody to fill a need without trading some of these prospects. Uh, I mean, that's that's what, that's why I have 8,000 outfielders. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even started to talk about the guys like Steel Walker. Or any of this recent draft class that they could even flip. That nobody's nobody's right. attached to yet as a prospect. Right. Um, I think that uh, I, I tweeted yesterday in, at the Dash game. The outfield for the Dash in the second game was Rutherford, Robert, and Gonzalez. Like, <laughs> those three right there could easily be the White Sox outfield in two years. And you're not even talking about Ewan. You're not even talking about Masada. You're not talking about, what's that, five outfielders right there. You're not even talking about Adolfo. There's six outfielders right there. That's six guys. So you know they're going to have pieces to trade. Uh, they're not, I mean, that doesn't include Alex Call and, and Joel Booker. I mean, guys that are, you know, probably not going to be 
there, but, you know, there can be trade pieces. But they've got so many, so many outfielders to, to deal from. They've got so many pitchers to deal from. So, I, I don't know. I think it's a good thing, you know, that they put together a package like they need to. Um, I just hope that they don't have to put together a Gliber Torrance type package to get someone like Chapman. Unless they win the World Series and that and it doesn't really matter to me. But I don't know. They've got they've got a lot of pieces. That's hashtag White Sox problems there, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> I Jeff? was gonna say this I was gonna say the same thing. All right, that's gonna bring us back to our poll that we ran about fever pitch. It has actually been on for an hour, so we must be we must have been recording for quite some time. But I mean, I ran oh, the poll mid- at nine forty six. Yeah, it's almost midnight by you. Um, forty six votes so far, so not the best turnout, but a decent little feedback. Seventy four percent responded with yes, they have seen the movie Fever Pitch, and a slight twenty six percent saying no. And that number actually went up. The last time I checked, it was like 85 to 15. So Clinton might have put a couple of his burner accounts to work and voted no. And maybe <laughs> I definitely just voted no by myself. <laughs> so Clinton, speaking of burner accounts, um, we need to ask this to all of our guests at this point in time. You don't run any burner accounts by the handles of at Shy Sox Trump or at Not Rick Hunt, correct? <laughs> no. Uh, no, do we not? Do we not know who those people are yet? Still, we still don't. We're gonna find out though. We're on a mission. We we thought we were closing in. Uh, we had somebody cornered, uh, and <clears throat> they they showed their cards and they were they were uh, let off scot free. Uh, we do not believe it is is them anymore. Uh, but we're still we're still hot on the on the trail here. So we we're just we're trying to figure out who's who. That train is going nuts. I'm sorry. I figured it would stop by now. What? I can't even hear anything. Yeah, I can't hear you the can't... train either. Oh, damn. That's like... Okay, continue. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of... I had another thing to say. Oh, Luis Robert. Luis Robert is... Uh, he's going to strike out a lot, I have a feeling. Um, I hope he's not Yon Moncada, but Robert's going to have to... <laughs> like Robert swings it literally every game. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it's because he's this is his first season in pro ball. Um, you know, I, I kind of think that he's going to fall league, right? Uh, I th- I would want him there. I mean, he's he's lost I'm a lot of time sure this is. year. I, I thought they announced he is though. That's what I'm saying. I, I thought they already announced. I, I don't know I, what I'm saying is. As of right now, he's going to strike out, you know, more than – I see Robert as, as a one or two hitter. as You know, probably the two hole is what I'm thinking. Um, but I think eventually Madrigal is going to be the leadoff guy. So I, I think those two are going to be stopped. But Robert's going to be – he's got to cut down the strikeouts. If not, he's going to be batting in, in the five hole or something like that. Um, so hopefully this in fall league and spring training, he can cut that down. Um, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to think of other little notes I, I remember from Winston. Uh, Gavin Sheets. You talk about a first baseman there. Um, I mean, there's just there's just a ton of guys, just ton ton of guys. Um, pitching wise, I already mentioned Tyler Johnson. Uh, Lincoln Hinsman's been out of the pen. He's on an inning limit this year. Um, 
But I mean, I think that's that's really all I got from from Winston. It's a uh, so uh, they're a fun team to watch. So Clinton, we appreciate all your baseball knowledge, but there's one last thing I wanted to get to you or get with uh, on you. Uh, you are a big purveyor of uh, one of the best shows on television. Uh, yes. And that is The Office. And uh, our listeners uh, heard it when you came on, but uh, you have your own intro on the Shy Sox Weekly podcast, and that is The Office theme oh, song. Uh, Clinton, I heard you're about to embark on a journey. Um, yeah. And... I am going to be following this journey fairly closely as somebody who's watched The Office about four or five times now, all the way through. Uh, my wife and I are, are huge fans of the show. Um, I, I got to commend you on what you're about to embark on, and, and I just want this. Uh, and, and, John, I'm going to pose to you the same question. I hope you've actually watched this show. Uh, the best intro ever? I was about to ask you like, what your favorite intro is. No, no, no. I was going to actually ask, what is your favorite office moment? Uh, and that's what I want to close it out with, uh, our time with Clinton here. Uh, favorite office moment. Are you I'm, not, me I'm, first not going, I'm not going first. Uh, well, uh, either of you could, could take it. I, I've already How about got you go first, Tony? Up. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Um, my favorite office moment was actually the, uh, the fun run episode. Um, the, just watching Michael Scott through that whole entire, the, the run itself is probably my favorite just office segment ever. Um, I, I forget what it was, the cure for rabies run. I got you beat. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that episode was just, I I don't know. Fun run. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the, the cure for yeah cure for rabies, and that was after uh, Meredith gets bit. Uh, just, I mean that. <laughs> after you get it with the car, a woman shouldn't have to be hit by a car to learn that she may have rabies, but that is where we are in America, and that does not sit right with me, and that is why I am hosting a fun run race for the cure for rabies to raise awareness of the fact that there is a cure for rabies, a disease that has been largely eradicated in the U.S., but not very many people know that. Um, if I if I had to follow that up uh, with the second was the opening uh, where they're doing the parkour. Parkour! Michael. Parkour! Parkour! Extreme! Parkour! Parkour! This is parkour internet sensation of 2004 and it was in one of the bond films it's pretty impressive the goal is to get from point a to point b as creatively as possible so technically they are doing parkour as long as point a is delusion and point b is the hospital um that, that <laughs> shit just just absolutely cracks me up every time too uh right. but i still have to say that the the fun run uh takes the cake uh, i'll pass gonna... it over to you john yeah, I'm going to take over. I want to start with that I have watched The Office probably like two or three times. I mean, there's still – like it's weird because I fall asleep watching The Office. So like I'll just play it again the night, the next night and like keep watching it. So there will still be episodes that I haven't seen, but I've still like gone all the way through it a few different times. 
Uh, I'm actually a huge Brooklyn Nine Nine guy now. I don't know if you guys have ever. I'm seen a big. I'm a big Andy Samberg guy. I with have Andy not, Samberg, I've not got into Brooklyn Nine Nine yet. But uh... it's funny as hell, dude. It's on Hulu, and it's like I feel like they kind of ripped off The Office. Like they have an intro every, like a new intro every episode. So like I'm big on that now. But I could, I mean, I still have Office knowledge. Um, two things. My favorite intro ever is when Dwight does the fire safety and he like sets the fire in the office <laughs> and tries to get them to like figure. He's like, who, who? He's like, I did a fire safety uh, meeting last week and no one paid attention. So I'm going to uh, set the, he like sets a fucking fire can on fire and like he heats up all the doorknobs. I don't know that that is the best office intro ever. Hands down. Last week I gave a fire safety talk. <clears throat> and nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways, but experience is the best teacher. Today, smoking is going to save lives. And then um, my favorite office moment I think is when they do the merger of the Scranton branch and the branch that Jim transferred to. I can't even remember it off the top of my head. You guys will probably know. But when Jim comes back to the Scranton branch and they do the merger and he's like introducing everybody to to the uh, like the new branch and I don't know. You guys are probably gonna. You might even edit this out, Tony. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. And like that's half the comedy in the office is like just racial like. Out well, of nowhere. Well, like, yeah. If you if you go into, I think it's the comedy. second the second episode where they're doing the 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 race day. Just the one that just, you're talking about. Yeah, just great, great comedy. And dude, the one that I'm thinking of is um the one dude. He looks like Arsenio Hall. He's not on the show long. He's literally on the show for like an episode after this. Um, walks in and he's like, "Hey, you must be so and so." And he's a black dude, and he's like, "Let me show you where all the slaves do the work in." And then he like starts walking, and like the camera, the camera pans to Jim, the camera pans to Jim, and he's just like giving like the oh shit look, and then it pans back to Michael and the dude, and he's like, "Oh, not those slaves." And then the scene ends, and I literally. Have never laughed harder watching TV in my entire life, dude. I thought that, like, the fact that they got away with that on Fox even, like, just killed me, dude. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, a couple things. One, uh, one of my favorite episodes is when they play basketball. Another one is the Willy Wonka one, uh, the golden ticket. Michael's stupid golden ticket idea. The Willy Wonka golden ticket promotional idea is probably the best idea I have ever had. Gotta go Scott's um, Tots. I, One's brought up Scott's Tots either. That's an all-time great. I mean, there are so, so many good ones. I just added up how many episodes. So what's happening here is I have seen this show, I think, eight or nine times all the way through. Um, and I'm on season four, episode 12. again. I mean, it's just, it, it's on it's on Netflix, obviously. Um, so at one of the, the last uh, night's game I was at, so Roy from The Office uh, was actually at the game. It was supposed to be David Wallace that night. He couldn't make it, so they had Roy, uh, David Denman, uh, come to Charlotte Knights game. And I met him, and I told him, I said, I said, if they ever take The Office off Netflix, I'll no longer <laughs> subscribe to Netflix. So he just laughed. So that, that was my, my office moment. But there are – what I'm doing is I was like, I, you know, I get a lot of feedback on Twitter from 
I don't know. I tweet about the office stuff here and there, you know, just, I usually watch an episode here or there, maybe episode every couple of days, something like that. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to start over and I'm just going to live tweet the office episodes one per day. I just added up how many office episodes there. There's 192 episodes. Yep. Uh, so see you in that, spring training. That's, yeah. That's over half a year's worth of work. Not really work, but uh, so <laughs> that's why I'm saying you you've signed yourself up for something. Um, d- does uh, does your fiance know that you're about to embark on this journey? Oh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> no, well, no, and then I, we're going to be moving in together. You know, probably by the new year. So I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll make it work somehow. Well, you can't um, go. You can't no go good. halfway, honey. Honey, I need thirty minutes a night where I sit on my phone and watch The Office and pause it so that I can send tweets. Yeah. So here's I would, I would hate that if she did that on some terrible TV show. So I'm not really sure how this can work. I'm gonna. It'll happen. It'll work. It'll it'll happen. It'll work. We'll figure it out. Um, I don't know. So what's happening is, uh, what is it? Twelve o'clock tonight. Whoa. I was going to start with episode one tonight, and uh, I might. I might as well do it. I might go to bed. We'll see. But yeah, definitely by tomorrow. Go, we can let you go so you can get to it. Yeah, we're gonna, like... we could, we could, uh, we could let you uh, get right on it. Uh, but that, that's up to you, Clint. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to do episode <laughs> number one tonight. And I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what I'm going to tell you. You guys um, watch – um, episode one, episode two. Look at just something to notice. Look at Michael Scott's hair. Yes. His hair is so much different. Yes. In the first couple episodes. It's like he got like hair plugs or something. I don't know what it is. But he looks like a bald man in the first couple episodes. And then later on, that. That and Kelly Kapoor. She looks so different in the first few episodes than she does in season three and four. Completely different person. So those are a couple things I'll be thinking of. Um, and then also episode one, something I always notice is when Ryan Howard, you know, Ryan, who's BJ mm-hmm. Novak, one of the, the producers, they completely, I know they, they touch on it later. They completely miss the Philadelphia Phillies slugger, Ryan Howard. They could have, you know, done that. Um, could have said that. And so they make a three stooges joke or something like that. So. Just something you you watch these things. Each time I watch them, I always pick up something new. So I'm sure I'll pick up something new. But that's what's gonna happen. Um, I'm on Twitter at cdcole55. If you like The Office, awesome. If not, I don't really care. So that's that's what it is, guys. Um, baseball, The Office, and Beyonce. That's pretty much my life. So there you go. All right. Thank you again for coming on, Clinton. We'd love to have you on again pretty soon. You know. Oh, we're probably oh, going to have a couple oh, one more. more, thing, one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, John, I'm having John. Uh, so I run a, a Purdue website, and uh, Purdue and Northwestern play a week from Thursday. And I got a media pass for John, so he's coming down to West Lafayette. I'm going to try to make it out to West Lafayette for the game, but uh, John's going to be doing uh, some stuff for us. So that's going to be – that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for bringing that. I don't want to bring it up myself, but I am looking forward to that. I bring it up to Tony almost every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm actually off tomorrow, so I'm probably going to draft that whole blog up for you by tomorrow and email it over to you so we can get that going. But Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again Great. for giving me the opportunity, man. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, sounds good. You have a good night, Clint. Thank you very much for coming right. on, Clint. We really appreciate it. No problem. We'll talk to All you right. later. All right, and that was Clinton Cole, and we love having Clinton on. The guy who brought us frozen pizza, the guy who brings us all the information about what's going on in the White Sox minor league system. We are very lucky to have him as a guest uh, reoccurring on Shy Sacks Weekly. John, that's going to bring us to a few things we want to close it out with. And it is time for Quick Hits with Shy Sox Jonda. We did this last week, and I've got a whole new set of questions for you. John, are you ready for Quick Hits? We're going to give the people what they want. Let's go. All right, Quick Hits with Shy Sox Jonda. Here we go. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The Office or Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Michael Kopech or Mark Burley? Burley. Giolito or Carson Fulmer? Giolito. Uh, would you rather drink a Modelo without a lime or a Corona with a lime? Corona with a lime. Fortnite or MLB The Show? If you can only play one video game for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. MLB The Show. White Sox or Northwestern? If you can only watch one for the rest of your life. Dude, you're gonna we're gonna lose followers. Northwestern. Oof. <laughs> Would you rather be at the Kopec call up or the Eloy Jimenez call up game? I just decided I'm probably going to the Kopec call up game tomorrow. I'm drunk right now, so that might have played a little bit of a factor, but I'm probably gonna end up buying a ticket and just go chill with the one oh eight guys or some shit. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Kopec call up. Great lead in. Would you rather sit in the one oh eight for a game or sit in the scout seats front row? Sit in the south, scout seats front row with the guys from the 108. Oof. I'm going to have to give you a pass. I'm going to give they a pass on that. Would you rather hit a dinger, walk-off dinger, or pitch a no-no? Walk-off dinger, dude. I'm going to fucking call my shot before I hit it. All right. Better, better pitcher, Pedro Martinez or Randy Johnson? Randy Johnson. Would you rather use a porta potty or piss on a tree? Tree. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right. And the last one I've got for you, who hits more dingers, Shy Sox, John, or Big Al? Dude, Big Al definitely rakes dingers. But the boy Shy Sox, John, to finish his career with at least like eight or nine Little League dingers. All right. So that, um, brings, that brings me in to a poll that I ran today at work, and most of our listeners probably saw that poll. I still haven't voted in it. Still refuse to vote. I, I put out a poll. Who hits more dingers, Shy Sox, John, or Big Al? Uh, I was having a little fun because I had just watched the uh, the, the Big Al music video that came out today. If you haven't seen oh, that, I have. Uh, you need to go look it up. Uh, it's Big Al hits dingers, and he also is a singer. Um, it's a little it's a little rap intro. I didn't. I don't think that I got to see the whole thing because it cut off. It was on Twitter earlier, uh, but that's kind of what led me into that poll right there but uh i ran that poll and then we got a little slack from the guys from socks on 35th who seemed to want to start something with shy socks weekly so they want a beef they want a beef and we got now got a beef with the guys over on socks on 35th and we're gonna settle this beef john how are we gonna sell this beef we're going to settle this beef with some wiffle ball. Although it's not actually an actual beef. I was actually literally just DMing Johnny Nani just now 
we love the Sox on 35th, guys. You know, they're our boys. They help promote us, and they've done a lot for us since we had them on. We've kind of taken off. They gave us the most promotion out of literally any guests that we've possibly had on. Besides the 108 guys, because they've gone the 108 far guys, above yeah. and beyond. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the 108 guys give us hella bump and continuous, like, love, and we love them as well. So I don't even know what I just said then. Yeah, no, the 108 guys probably got them beat. So sorry. Revoke statement. Bring it back. But that's why we are going to love We love you all equally. We love you all equally. I don't know what I was getting at. Long story short, um, it all started last week when Lucas Giolito threw that laughable curveball, and I said I could put it on the moon. And Jordan Lazowski, who is a blogger and does the podcast as well for Sox on 35th, decided to put his two cents into the pot that nobody really asked for, but he's our guy, so we're going to let it slide. And he's a big (laughs) Giolito supporter. So he thought that I couldn't put it on the moon, and essentially it all just kind of turned into, like, I don't know, I think he thinks he's better at baseball than me overall is what I'm getting from it, Tony. So mano y mano, I told him that my 12-year-old self could hit his 12-year-old self's fastball on the moon, and obviously we can't make that happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to let our 20-plus-year-old selves play some wiffle ball. And if so, they're willing to accept the challenge, we would love to put it on for White Sox Twitter. You know, go to a public location, promote it, let you guys know when and where it's going to be. We want to do the Home Run Derby as well still. That is still standing, so we would love to all conjoin it into the same day. If not, uh, we'll work that out. But yeah, we'll figure it out. we are going to go head-to-head against the guys from Sox on 35th. I don't know if it's going to be two-on-two or three-on-three. Obviously, John and I, uh, we only have two people. Uh, we got an intern. We've got, we're, yeah, we got an intern. We can't disclose the name of the intern yet. Uh, but uh, Jake Trojan, uh, our, our, our good friend of the podcast, Jake Trojan, has volunteered to pitch for this uh, matchup. But we would love to take Sox on 35th down in a wiffle ball game. I am a hell of a wiffle ball player. I've been playing with my brothers for years. Uh, I've played competitive wiffle ball. Uh, I'm ready to go. So I might I might actually need to hit the wiffle ball batting cages a little bit and get ready for this. But uh, this is probably going to be a 2019, 2019 thing. Uh, but uh, like I said, we are going to take Sox on 35th down in a wiffle ball game, uh, John and I. Uh, John will probably hit some dingers. I'm going to get on base, uh, and John's going to drive me in. We're just going to maul through Sox on 35th. I know Joe wants in on this. Jordan has said that he's accepted the challenge. Uh, this should be really good stuff. Quick disclosure. When people think wiffle ball, you can think of a million different ways to play wiffle ball. We're thinking of the actual like competitive Long yellow stick style bat with the wiffle ball that you can literally throw a 18 inch breaking curve. Like yes. I'm, you know what I'm saying. We're, we're not we're playing to play with those legit. We're not playing ball. with those big old bats. Big old can, orange yeah, no. bats. And the Absolutely fat not. 16 inch softball size ball. No, that is not Absolutely what we're going not. for. We're going for something that will test your skill level, will test your hand eye coordination, and will prove that we're better than you. Yep. Uh, long I'm yellow bat. Curveball. Uh, I'm going to wear my uh, Wiffle Ball Champion t-shirt when we play. Or, or maybe we'll actually go out there with the Shy Sox weekly jerseys that we'll develop up. Uh, speaking of, uh, probably in the next week or so, uh, the Shy Sox weekly t-shirts will be for sale. 
but uh, yeah, John and I are very much looking forward to this competition. Um, and and maybe this will turn into a yearly thing. Maybe we can get a little trophy involved. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Wiffle Ball, Shy Sex Weekly, we're going to be the champions of this. Uh, we hope you all come out for this event when we get it all planned. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. And uh, Socks on 35th, we uh, we look forward to having you on our podcast again or us coming on to yours so we can uh, get a little uh, pre, pre-talk about this competition because uh, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to beating you guys. Oh. Um, yeah, so like Tony said, obviously it's like just us and Socks on 35th that have really kind of like said we're for sure down for this. We would love to, I mean, maybe get a tournament going, something – or other like but it's not gonna happen till next year people it's already almost september the weather's gonna change here pretty soon and i got men's softball that i gotta worry about i keep burping i'm gonna have other priorities and then it's gonna kick into college football season so baseball season will hockey be season is right around the corner hockey season yeah so i mean baseball season is coming to a abrupt end uh pretty soon here and it's sad but we gotta embrace it we got to enjoy every Michael Kopech start that we can get. We didn't we gotta, even really talk about his um, inning limitation. I think, did did Clinton give his prediction on Kopech when I was grabbing the pizza earlier? No, actually, the, I was the only one that got to, to drop my okay. prediction. And I um, honestly feel bad because he was the one that wanted to give his prediction, and we never even got it. So I'm going to go ahead and drop mine real quick. Uh, I think Kopech's going to go probably four and two-thirds. Oof. He's gonna throw. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be breezy, dude. He's gonna throw probably. They're probably gonna limit him at but like ninety-seven pitches. Uh, I'd say about fifty-four of them. Nah, probably fifty-six of them will be strikes, and the other forty-one will be balls. It's not gonna be the best outing. I would say two earned runs, uh, three total runs. Uh, the White Sox will still come out on top somehow. Kopech's going to get the no decision. It's not going to be an L next to his name, but he's Ugh. not going to get the win either. Yep, super pessimistic. Kind of optimistic, to be honest, with the White Sox offense that we've had lately. You won't hear uh, my prediction until uh, until you listen to this tomorrow. But uh, I heard I heard it. No, I heard your prediction. That was when I walked back and picked up the headset, and I had wondered if Clinton went before you. And... No, he wanted to toss it over to me, and we kind of got a little distracted there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the the uh, as you could tell, the uh, the beers have been flowing on Chai Sox Weekly tonight. We're really excited for the Michael Kopech start. Um, John, do you have anything else that you want to really talk about before we uh, we close it out here and let these uh, fine folks enjoy uh, the start of the Michael Kopech era? Tony, if we did this right and we planned this out right, Everybody that's listening to this should be pulling right into lot B, C, D, E, F, whatever it may be, and you should be turning Thunderstruck on right after this because our outro is going to make you want to turn Thunderstruck, uh, want to turn Thunderstruck on, and then you will be able to go watch Michael Kopech somewhat light it up. After what I just said, it doesn't sound like he's going to light it up. But he's going to light it up. Able- he, that's what you think. I mean, I, I hope. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't. I hope he puts that sat line up. I'm saying that's the sat line I think he'll put up. I hope he lights it up. Complete game shutout. One hitter. Whatever. Like I don't care. I would love to see Kopech light it up, but I'm a realist more than anything, and that's what I think it will be. Honestly, until next week, go White Sox.
Go White Sox.